Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Gets worse, but it's, okay. it's fine as is. <clears throat> it hasn't happened in that whole conversation we just had. So. Okay. All right, well, hopefully, hopefully we're good. Okay. Okay. Socials are up. Just got to get in the control room to check chat. Mm-hmm. Um, because, of course, everyone's going to be so excited to see us, their favorite content creators, talk today. about something they could be playing. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I've been thinking maybe we don't actually talk about Starfield at all. And instead, we just talk about the whole timeline of the Activision Blizzard King deal. How do you feel about that? I feel like I'm no longer available for the show. (laughs) I feel like my legs just went numb. Yeah. (laughs) I feel like I need an ambulance. (laughs) Yeah, I can feel the right side of my face drooping. Oh, no. Um, Okay, right. Let's... um, Let's kick off then. Let's jingle and get into it. Oh, yeah. Big boy episode. Um, we're jingling. Hi, Timmer. But yeah, go. Hell yeah. Welcome back, everyone. Welcome to episode 112 of the Quick Resume podcast. Big, big episode today, isn't it? Yeah. No? It's relatively Some large. Exciting times. Yeah, relatively large, I would say. Bigger than your average day. Bigger than your average Quick Resume podcast. Mm. Um, If you haven't been here before, um, his name is Tim and my name is Deck. Hello. You did that the other way around. Hi. That was weird. I died. Yeah, that was was strange, wasn't it? Better worse. Yeah. I know, just kind of caught me off guard, man. Just let me know (laughs) next time off air when you're going to do something like that. Sorry. Yeah, okay. Will do. Um... And Starfield is released into early access. Reviews are up. Um, the internet has, of course, expressed its displeasure mm-hmm. um, at and Xbox pleasure. having any success. And pleasure. It's been both. Um, it's been both. There's a lot to talk about today. Well, there's a couple of things to cover that isn't Starfield related. So I say we just zip through that first and then we sort of get into the good stuff. Into yeah. kind of Starfield, the reaction... Starfield the reviews and then Starfield are kind of first impressions um, spoiler free by the way no spoilers today probably not for a couple of weeks maybe even longer um, so just so you know you're safe here this is a safe space yes for explorers so um, we're going to skip the whole what have we been playing but I would like to hear well I mean you finish Final Fantasy so I would like to hear mm. final closing thoughts on that <sighs> final closing thoughts on final fantasy nice man Um, not just a pretty face yeah you're good you're good at this um uh yeah yeah so yeah i finished final fantasy my goal was to fit it wrap that up before starfield because obviously i don't want to have two fatty boy rpgs on the go um and yeah man um fatty boy 
Yeah, fatty boy RPGs. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's a standard term, man. Standard term in the business. Uh, Normal lexicon, yeah. But yeah, no, it's good, man. Yeah, re- really good, actually. Um, yeah, I think um, as I, I I messaged you when I beat it, um, I'd say it's probably my game of the year so far um, from what I played so far this year. Obviously, that's been so far, I think, Resident Evil 4 remake took took the gold for that one um and then i had like remnant um and probably um mm-hmm. i can't remember what my other third place was but yeah i think that's not midnight um, suns yeah i think it was midnight suns yeah um uh but i think that's knocked um resi off the top spot um and then yeah resi resi now second and remnant third um but yeah no yeah really really good um I like the way it, it wrapped up. I think it had a good ending. Um, it got absolutely nuts as well. Like the final like bits, just crazy, like cinematic and cool and nuts. I mean, most Final Fantasies kind of fly off the rails in the final act. Um, and this one didn't disappoint. Um, yeah, man, it's just just really quite spectacular. Like in terms of like its scale and like some of like the story points and some of the some of the um, action scenes and the icon fights and stuff like that it just yeah it's 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 on a scale i haven't seen before like it's just it just makes you feel so fucking cool if you ever wanted to just play a game and feel awesome and feel epic and like high fantasy vibes like absolutely pick pick this one up like it's great um and yeah, it's quite similar to Hogwarts in the sense of when you get all like the abilities and stuff like that and you start to cycle through them and mix up combos and figure out what works. Like it just gets so cool and it just flows so well. Um all all this stuff. And yeah, man, it's like an easy like nine out of ten for me, that game. Um really, really good. Had its low points, had its slow points and stuff like that, but every RPG is gonna have that when those set pieces and main story points are just so fucking nuts there's there's gonna be those low points as well just you know you can't make a game completely like that it's just not in the budget um Mm -hmm. but yeah yeah really good really impressed and uh yeah glad i wrapped it up in time for starfield because now i can just full attention on that um so yeah nice sounds good good. so so what i'll do is i'll play starfield until final fantasy arrives comes to xbox which is, you know, so a couple of years or something, you know. <laughs> I, uh, um, I don't know. It's kind of hard to say. I mean, they they did say. I think I remember reports coming out saying like they weren't happy. Square Enix are never happy with their sales, but uh, they were yeah. saying that they weren't happy. Then they said they were quite happy with how it performed. But yeah, I mean, who knows? You know, with this sort of relationship, um, the Xbox is sort of rekindling with Square Square Enix. You know, I think PlayStation might have locked down the the seven remakes for 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 a little bit, but in terms of like the new 16 you know maybe there is some some leeway in that coming a bit quicker um to xbox at some point there was a recent rumor about um the 7 remake coming to the switch 2 as a as a launch title it's like mm. pinch of salt that didn't come from a credible source really um okay. but um that would indicate to me that whatever exclusivity period PlayStation has been, you know, shadow dealing <laughs> behind the curtain is coming to an end. So, you know, that could potentially indicate a Xbox release as well. We'll have to see. Who knows mm-hmm. with Final Fantasy? But yeah, um, it's clear Xbox has, uh, well, Phil has been putting in the hours, you know, sliding some dollar ruse mm-hmm. under the table, you know, 
sliding a tequila shot down the bar. <laughs> yeah. Over to his friends to over our, at Square Enix. To our boys, yeah, over at Square Enix, yeah. <laughs> what a lad. <coughs> um, and also, just while we're on the topic, I remember, it's not on the notes, but I just remembered. Um, they just hired a new um, Japanese... Like relationships manager, oh okay. Um, uh, who has been at PlayStation for the last eight years? Um, they're, they're clearly not giving up on the territory. You know they are. Oh god, they're really trying. Yeah. What? No, I was saying like that's not good. Right? Oh, okay. A guy working at PlayStation for eight years is now uh, uh, the relationship manager for Square Enix. Is that what you're saying? No, no, for Xbox. Oh, you and said she- PlayStation. Yeah, she worked at PlayStation and now she's come now she's been hired at Xbox. Oh, I see. Okay. I thought you said she was hired at Square Enix. Okay. Sorry. So she's she's team green now, you know. Yeah. Um and so Xbox clearly isn't giving up on the territory. And we, we know that because they've been doing like a lot of good work with Atlas for like the Persona. Mm-hmm. Like Persona Tactica, you know, eventually Persona five. Is that yeah. the newest one? Yeah, Persona Five. Yeah. yeah. Game Game Pass as well. Late, but Game Pass, you know. So you know. That it's working. Whatever they're doing, it's working. Getting Japanese devs more on board. So, um, rising tide um, lifts all boats, sort of thing. Hopefully, um, yeah. So, I'm happy to hear it. I think Final Fantasy 16 looks really fun. It obviously did really well. Um, Plus I'm. Be Plus, it'd be the year. You know, I think. I think one day that is a game I'll play. Like I said, I still never played a Final Fantasy game. I would really like to enter the game at Final Fantasy Seven. Enter the the series but i think i understand they're not really connected so it's not it's not a big deal but yeah yeah they're they're, they're all their own universes and stuff like that so they're not really connected i i think you're if you're looking for a final for a more tailored actual final fantasy experience yeah probably seven is probably your best bet i think that has more of what the series tends to offer i think 16 is taking it in a new direction you know it's very action orientated and stuff like that and it's um mm. it's still quite linear in its path and stuff like that you get some open areas and things like that but it's quite linear and it's quite action focused um but yeah yeah i think i think seven's probably your best you a good modern entry point for you i think um because obviously you play things like dmc and stuff like that you know final fantasy 16 is going to give you those vibes with just a bit more of a an actual world building and storytelling more than dmc dmc is just mm-hmm. fucking stupid it's great but it's it's the the story's kind of it's it's good bad, um, but yeah, sure, cool. Well, that's awesome. Look at us go. <clears throat> Look at us go finishing games, mm-hmm. getting stuff out of the way for the next big Xbox exclusive. I I I know I said I wasn't really going to cover what we've been playing, but then I of course forgot that I actually just finished Hogwarts as well. So I'm going to quickly cover that as well. Go go um, go. <clears throat> Overall, my thoughts didn't change all that much. Um, I thought it came together quite well. Um, but uh, I, I just found the game annoying <laughs> a lot of the time. Um, overall, I'd give it, I think, a 7.5. Um, mm. I enjoyed my time with that. I'm glad I played it. It was like, it's like we said in previous episodes, it, it's absolutely perfect if you are maybe, if you're just a fan of that franchise and you wanted to live and inhabit and do everything that the Hogwarts experience has to offer. But if you are wanting to role play and do a particular thing, it's not really that. Um, no. 
and maybe that's my mistake for thinking it was more of a role-playing experience it's not it's really a bit more of action adventure but then the game forces you to do shit like plant stuff and fuck around with your room of requirement and you know mm-hmm. talk to cabbages and shit and it's like i don't want to do that but it forces you to do it to unlock spells that you need to progress the story and stuff like yeah. that um i yeah i like i finished the game with i think apart from the dark art stuff i think maybe four spells i didn't even unlock because they were just such a pain in the dick to like do it's like i'll go into the forest and capture a load of animals like yeah like like a bat it's like oh, no <laughs> i'm not doing what does that have to do with anything what does that have to do with me learning a spell um it doesn't so yeah that that was my biggest problem and honestly the more the bigger the arsenal my arsenal got in terms of spells the more annoying i actually kind of found the combat because the game expects you to use it or when i didn't like the i found it really fiddly like the changing um to do, i don't know why they just didn't have a spell wheel that would have been so much better oh, um, okay hmm. you had to like hold rt and then a direction on the d-pad to like change to your next you know you had like set one set two set three and set four and i just found that really fiddly um yeah so that okay. that kind of came apart a bit for me, um, but it's fun. I had a good time. Seven point five. Mm. Play Hogwarts if you're a fan of Harry Potter. If you're not, give it a go anyway because it's it's very pretty and it's the world of Harry Potter is still unlike really anything else. So it, it's yeah. worth a crack simply just for that. Yeah, it is a good game, and I I, I think I agree with you. I think if I had to rate it, I'd I think I'd probably rate it. I'd be a bit nicer. I'd probably give it like an eight. But yeah, like I, I would definitely be floating around the seven point five to eight region for sure. Like it didn't blow me away either, but still, still a great game. Yeah, you know, eight, yeah. seven point five or an eight is still a great score. It's considered a, mm-hmm. a, a very good game. So yeah, yeah. yeah. But it's, it's an important thing to hold in mind as we go into the Starfield discussion. <laughs> yeah, for um, sure. Yeah. Um. Great. Okay, so that's what we've been playing. So as I say. Let's go over some of the smaller news this week, the non-Starfield stuff, and then we'll come into that for, and we can just kind of go on a big log binge about everything Starfield. Yeah. So, very quickly, um, Embracer Group. You remember Embracer Group? I do. I do. <clears throat> Giant publisher that bought like sixty studios they, in the last cutting loads, four or aren't five they? Years. And then, yeah, they a, a deal they made fell apart because it was a verbal agreement rather than anything on ink. So they got fucked with that. Um, mm-hmm. They were going to sell. And what we found out later that they were going to sell to a Saudi company. Can't remember the name, but that was the deal that fell through. Um, so they're really struggling and they've had to shut down Volition, who is the studio behind uh, the new newest Saints Row. Yeah. Well, that didn't do too hot anyway. <laughs> the newest Saints Row. It didn't do too hot, but I mean, it hit 70s, didn't it? I don't think so. <sighs> really? be very surprised i thought it was like 50s to 60s it's a fucking cool is it just oh i think it's just right yeah yeah 63 yeah not too Uh, hot no not too hot i don't know if they made anything else volition i don't oh yes they are a long-running company this is just a blind spot in my knowledge but did they make all of the all of the saints rows I don't know. I've played a couple of Saints Rose, but it's it's not one of those games I tend to follow and follow the studio that makes them either. Yeah. Oh shit, yeah, they did. Oh wow, I didn't realise this studio had such a history. Oh fuck. Yeah, Village under THQ, 
they were under THQ previously. Okay. Created Red Faction and the Sanctuary oh. series. That's Red Faction, um, yeah, like Gorilla and stuff like that. I think that was quite a good game, I think. The studio developed two other games, Agents of Mayhem as well. Yeah, that right. did, did, did it. I thought that did pretty bad. It did, it did fine. I don't know why this studio kept getting typecast into the, the same fucking game yeah, <laughs> over and over again. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, maybe they wanted to? I don't know. Uh, Agents of Mayhem... 67 it's all right mm-hmm. but yeah um obviously the early saints rows were really popular um, for kind of being you know gta but a bit silly well the early saints row was a bit less silly but it gradually got more and more ridiculous <laughs> yeah yeah it did yeah yeah i didn't actually mind the first couple of saints rows so they're actually all right and then it just started getting absolutely just bonkers they just took it in a direction where they were like you know we can't compete with the likes of um like gta and stuff like that right so we just need to go down like a wacky route um you know to yeah. turn it a bit more sandboxy a bit more fun uh and then i'm not sure when crackdown and crackdown 2 released but i think crackdown 2 and stuff like that probably took away from that as well so they were stuck in this weird like limbo of like we can't do yeah we're just stuck in the middle of both of these games how how do we make ourselves unique sort of thing definitely yeah yeah it's a shame because i think i played i can't remember if it was saints through the third or if it was the second one i can't remember we played one of them i think didn't we quite a bit because it was, it was like co-op and, and it was fun yeah i think it's yeah. saints row two i think we played quite a bit yeah <clears throat> yeah decent so yeah it's a bit of a shame um, it, it, it's especially a shame because clearly the studio thought, oh, finally some financial security, and they released one bad game, and that's it, done. <laughs> you know? Yeah, it's rough. Yeah, that is really rough. Um, I don't know how many employees they had either. Let's have a quick look. Um, Imagine a fair amount. Two hundred thirty-six. Yeah. yeah, like it's a big team. So hopefully they get hoovered up in other places around the industry. But my God someone needs to sort out Embracer like they're just crumbling this is just going to happen if I was under Embracer right now I'd be shitting myself and it's, it's a real shame because some really good studios have been picked up by Embracer mm-hmm. um, I think Gearbox is under them which is a bit concerning and supposedly there is a new Borderlands looking to be revealed quite soon um, Okay. and what was the other one? The guys who made Deep Rock Galactic. I remember when they got quiet, I was a bit bummed out because they seemed like a perfect fit for Xbox. Hmm. Um, Ghost Ship Games, maybe? Coffee Stain? Oh, fuck, what was it? I don't know. I can't remember. Well, I mean, it's the sort of thing where maybe, you know, you can pick some of these up out of the bargain bin, you know? Not, not, not to say maybe, that these guys closed. deserve to be in the bargain bin, but... Yeah, I mean... Being under Embracer has definitely devalued them, um, which mm-hmm. is a real shame. Yeah, coffee stain. Yeah, it's coffee stain. That's so funny. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, yeah, that's happening. So, um, yeah, hope they end up, hope they land on their feet. But it's um, it's always a shame when studios with long histories like that just get killed just for one better, one their game. You know, it's just a lot of pressure. I say bad, like a 60, you know, I don't know. I remember the original Destiny was like low seventies. <laughs> Do you know what yeah, I mean? I mean like a yeah, I mean this whole the whole review scale is just out of whack these days, isn't it? It's like if it, if it's not a nine, people consider it a bad game. 
Um, yeah, yeah, it's uh, yeah, like a, a high sixties and a low seventies can still be a very good game, especially if it appeals to a certain genre you like or anything like that. You know, plenty of games I love, you know, that are in that region of score and stuff like that. You know, there's probably a lot of people out there which do genuinely enjoy games like Saints Row and Redfall and stuff like that. You know, we see like a sixty attached to it, but you know, like. Everyone has their own taste, their own opinions. So, you know, yeah. you shouldn't just throw a game or shut a studio just because it doesn't hit the eight to nine to ten mark. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, I mean, I guess we're being a bit naive because ultimately it's about money, isn't it? Oh, yeah. <laughs> isn't, was it isn't, enough. Yeah. It isn't because it of money. the review score. Yeah. It's because Embracer are in the shitter. Uh, and yeah, it's just, yeah. it maybe just didn't sell exactly how it sell Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I've got like a whole long philosophy on why I think the game scales are like that, and the averages are higher. Like, like we say, like an a- seven is considered average in the, in the gaming industry. It's so it's really yeah. weird. Pe- yeah, conversation pe- for today. Yeah. Pe- pe- people literally see a seven and actually genuinely think that's not a very good game, and I shouldn't spend my money yeah. on it. Like that's the sort of vibe yeah. a seven gives these days. Yeah. Mm. Which is wrong. It shouldn't be like that. But it's, it's bonkers, yeah. Um, yeah. So anyway, yeah, that's that's that, and it, yeah, it's funny because we'll be coming full circle around to the review discussion. Um, well, maybe it is a <laughs> maybe it is a discussion for today. Then we'll see. Um, all right. Well, next honorable mention is Baldur's Gate. That whole thing. Um, the devs. One of the devs said, I think the community manager said on Twitter that it should be coming to Series X and Series S sometime between September and November. Guess what? We're in September now. So in the next month or two. That's pretty good. Yeah, that's, that's quicker than I was expecting. Yeah. But, I mean, very strange. This whole thing has been very strange. There's like... <laughs> like, yeah. I, can you ever think of a game that's like, ha- that has changed? Like, it's release schedule and then they're like posting updates on Twitter. I don't know. I guess it's because they're kind of the early access guys you know with borders gate being early access for years and years and years that it's that's just kind of how they roll it's just it's just very strange you know um how you feel about that it is yeah i mean the entire thing is strange from the you know it it not being ready and not coming to the consoles to then it coming to consoles to then yeah like regular like you said like regular updates and stuff like that of when it's gonna be yeah, all this sort of stuff. Yeah, it is is a bit odd, but you know, I think this all comes from it being quite a special case. You know, this game is just so damn popular and good at the moment. You know that um, it's kind of created its own special space um, for this sort of thing. You know, I don't think you're going to see stuff like this happen often. Um, but yeah, no, it definitely is interesting, and uh, yeah, something I've not really seen before, but. No, I mean it's good that it, the whole thing has been expedited because it's everybody shut the fuck up as soon as like, like as soon as they announced that it's going to be coming this year, like all the chatter stopped. Like mm. nobody was like, "Oh God, Starfield's so dead by comparison." When we've got this game of the generation, you know, and everybody shut up because it was clearly just a <clears throat> you know a console warrior talking point. You know, it's just like, "Oh, you're too invested in this." Yeah. Um, so it's great, you know, it's good. More games everywhere. That's great. Um, Joaquin's here, Tim. Our he mod is. is here for our podcast. How cool He's is that? He's on time. Yeah. All right, mate. <laughs> Let me say that like he owes us anything. <laughs> yeah. Could you show up to work time, today, mate? 
<laughs> yeah. Don't forget to clock in. Clock yeah. in your hours. Um, uh, but Queen says in the chat, fun fact, the Deep Rock Galactic guys were with Xbox when they were press play and Xbox shut them down and let them keep the IP. That is a fun fact. Yeah, press play. That is a fun fact. I love, I love fun facts. Uh. <laughs> I love that. I'm only here because I have not slept playing Starfield all night. <laughs> nice, man. <laughs> respect. Got a lot of respect for that. Oh, that man gave me, Joaquin, that man gave me a absolute heart attack. Yeah. Uh, hours before the reviews went live. I was... <sighs> Yeah, expect low 80s or something. You know, he, mess- he messaged me after that, Wacky, and he was just like, Tim, I don't know, man. Wacky's got me second guessing. <laughs> I was like, yeah, he knows, he knows something. Maybe it was just a lot. Maybe he's just playing me, and you know? maybe he's just fucking with me. Who knows? But yeah, he does like good. fucking with us. That's true. Um, okay, so what some other things happened this week? Only a few other things. Um... I would say the biggest other thing that's not Xbox related was that randomly, the day before reviews went live for Starfield, PlayStation decided to raise the price of all of their uh, all of their PlayStation Plus tiers, all of them, by a lot. That's um, great timing. Did you that. see this? Uh, I caught wind of it. Yeah, I don't know of actual pricing figures how much they went up by, but I did catch a headline of yeah that they're they're raising it. Um, on all things that I kind of need to have a look and check my subscription because I need to get that cancelled I think um, but yeah what what, uh, what what we're looking at here Um, I tried to get the rates changed but um, the, the, the new prices in pounds are £60 a year for essential £100 for extra and £120 for um, premium. Um, yeah. So $160, £135. Uh, sorry, $160 for premium, $135 for extra, and $80 for plus. Um, I, I, I want to have a quick look. But from what I understood, I, I, I read around at the time, but I just couldn't find any specific numbers um, because it just depends where you look for the actual prices. Um, but this, this is quite a big price rise. I mean, the reason this is interesting to me is that I haven't really heard a peep about it. it you might remember about, when was it, 18 months ago, Xbox like lost their mind for a second and they were like, uh, yeah, we're just going to double the price of um, gold. Yeah. <clears throat> no biggie, we're just going to double it. Everyone's er- mental. Everyone lost their shit. Everyone's like, no. What the fuck are you doing? And two days later, Philly was like, ah, yeah, sorry, my finger slipped. I put an extra zero on that spreadsheet. Uh, accident. That's funny. What is no one really being chirping no. about this? No. I'm so annoyed when I, I and I don't. This isn't. I'm not like trying to make this a PlayStation thing. I just like I find it quite annoying when tech like is really pushing um its luck. Just tried it on with the users, yeah. Yeah, and then there's just a bit of complacency, and I know like not everyone has a a literal niche gaming podcast where they talk about tech and stuff, but it's like you know the another example is all the subscription services, you know Netflix and whatever. Like, yeah, we're going to stop you sharing your 
accounts now, and then subscriptions like doubled. So Disney were like, "Yeah, us too." <laughs> and it's like, yeah. for fuck's sake! Like, how far is this going to go? You know, like, what are you going to stop me doing? Can I only watch it on one TV now? Like, yeah. for my eyes only. I'm no, not allowed to have other gonna... people around my house. <laughs> yeah, they're going to start limiting it to like a certain hours a day. Yeah, sorry, you've reached your three-hour watch time for Disney today. Yeah. yeah. Right. It, it cuts you off like halfway through a movie. You're like, for fuck's sake. <laughs> yeah, come on. Um Yeah, I was expecting like because when Netflix did that, everyone was everybody vocalized how annoyed they were, and then it happened and everybody just resubscribed. And I yeah. And now everyone's gonna do it. Every subscription service is gonna do that now. I, I'd yeah. be very surprised and for the next few years we don't see PlayStation and Xbox stop game sharing for the same reason. Mm. Um Obviously, they'd get blowback, but hey, everyone's doing it. Well, I don't know what get away with to it. our libraries, and that's the case. It'll be so confusing. I don't know what I would fucking have. Or yeah, not yeah, have. We, yeah, we just lose a lot of games. Yeah, yeah. But no, it is it is <laughs> quite interesting. This, especially when like, not that I'm justifying Xbox, you know, raising games pass prices or anything like that. But like, I PlayStation haven't really put anything extra into it either they're not really dumping any more of their triple a like exclusives or any extra benefits it's just the same but more it's just like xbox are raising price sure but you're also dropping starfield into it you know and dropping forza into it you know all these things planned like uh, i i bet you fucking spider-man 2's not coming into that but they're paying more um, you know, I bet you any of the games they're coming out later this year that exclusives are not coming into that. So why why are they raising the price? So and by quite a large margin yeah. as well. I, you know, we had the same the exact same problem um when Xbox tried to pull that shit as well, because like you can't just be like, We're just gonna double it just because uh, we want more money. Yeah. Like try and give us something in return and it will it was it will soften the blow or at least give us some sort of perception of value. Yeah. Um you know, because obviously Xbox has put up the prices of Game Pass because they're dropping gold. Um, and it is going up like a little bit. It's not really much. But the benefit here is that, and it's not all good. We, we You know, you can watch the previous episode where we spoke about this, the uh, core. You know, I think the fact that for console that doesn't come with Game Pass, um, doesn't sorry, doesn't come with online multiplayer. So basically you're getting shoehorned into Ultimate. I think that's a problem and that's stupid. But ultimately, the price hasn't gone up that much. They've offered like a really low tier with Game Pass Core, which I think is a really good value proposition for most casual or maybe even core gamers. Um, whereas Ultimate is still really good value. Just to be clear, day one games on Game Pass and everything else that comes there, access to cloud, you get 10% off with Game Pass. I don't know if you get that on PlayStation. You get everything in Game Pass, you can get 10% off. Hmm. Um, loads of perks, um, online uh, multiplayer which we sh- shouldn't still be paying for but we are and ea play ea play is still part of that I know a lot of people forget about that because that's a whole extra subscription service included as part of it yeah you know? so there's a lot of value that's included with the how this is broken up but i'm just not seeing yeah i just think it's really ballsy to shut your prices up for such a big you know in such a big way and not offer anything and then nobody kicked back about it you know so we're coming back to that complacency thing it's um it does rub me a bit what is the price comparison? I don't know if you know this, but like between PlayStation Plus Premium and like our Ultimate, obviously the two highest tiers. Uh, like, is Ultimate more expensive by a bit? 
Um, I, Ultimate is more expensive. It's difficult. It's difficult to make this comparison because this is something else scummy that Xbox does. Xbox doesn't let you buy Ultimate yearly. Oh, yeah. Um, I think you can buy it in three-month bundles. Um, but I haven't looked into it that much because I've been going on. I've had the three-year conversion, and that expires, I think, April next year. So I have to start looking into it then. Um, but I've got some prices here, but it's all annoying because, like, on the fucking Xbox website, they do it all in dollars. But then the PlayStation website is good and says, "Oh, you in the UK? Here's a pounds conversion." But so I'll just give you the basics because I've, I've finally found the how much PlayStation has increased just to um, just so you can see. Um, so essential before was fifty pounds. Sorry to our anyone who's not in the UK who <laughs> doesn't understand what a pound is, yeah. a unit of weight or, or currency. Um, so essential was fifty. That's up to sixty. Um, what's the next one? Extra. Yeah, is up to eighty-four. That used to be. Oh no, sorry, was eighty-four up to a hundred. Jesus. Um, and premium is now one hundred and twenty, which is up from one hundred. It's a lot. So that's a f- for the most you're part, paying twenty like percent extra on average. It's about twenty percent for yeah. every tier. Twenty percent price increase out of the blue. Ballsy. Mm. <laughs> Given that. And also, it's still that thing of like PlayStation is doing some really weird things with um, their essential. Like, the th- why don't you have cloud saves for free? What the fuck is that about? Hey, you can't, mate. Not a thing. Want to play? You want to sign what? in on someone else's console? No, you want to have your stuff. Yeah. PS5 breaks? Nah, you lost your save, mate. Should have bought cloud. To transfer it <laughs> yeah. yeah. Should have bought cloud. Got two PlayStations? Ah, got to pay. Yeah. It is a bit annoying. Very strange. Uh, because yeah, it, like ge- genuinely, if you had like data corruption and you only had essential, um, yeah, you would just lose your, your your game save file because it wouldn't have been pushed up to cloud. If that got like corrupted, that's it. You've just lost everything, which is so weird to think in twenty twenty three because everything is accessible and there's always copies in the cloud somewhere. And yeah, got to pay for it though. Yeah. So. You know, I, I am surprised that there isn't a bit more kickback for this. And you'll see in the notes, I've said, <laughs> what did I say? Uh, uh, Xbox, hold on a second. <laughs> Think about what you're doing here. Because uh, this shit, it worries me. When one of them puts up their prices, the others tend to go, yeah. oh, yeah, you know, it's, it's competition in it. You know, <laughs> it's, ah. Oh. By being run out of business, we need to put our price up, you know. Yeah, I don't think you do. Don't do <laughs> I don't believe you. Be the better people, Xbox. Don't yeah. raise it as well. Yeah, and also give me money. That'd be nice. Although I will say, it does feel like they're giving me money by giving me Starfield Day One on Game Pass, which I guess I kind of have contradicted that by spending thirty pounds to play early. But you know, nonetheless. Well, fifteen. I'll, yeah. I'll 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 split that with you. This one's on me, mate. Don't you worry. What? No. Yeah. Yeah. You have a family to feed. 
Yeah, that's it. It's like Fox isn't eating this week, but yeah, don't worry. I got this one. Starfield. I, I have a family to feed. <laughs> I we haven't eaten for a few days, but I got to play Starfield a few early. I mean, who really needs food when I can sustain my organs from you know the screen? Exactly. I think it's doable. I think it's doable. So that's it. PlayStation Plus rise their rise their prices. They rise their prices, and I rise my eyebrow at you. <laughs> nice. Thank you. Okay. Um, I think it's nope. It's Elder Scrolls Six time. What? Have you heard of that? Have you heard of Elder Scrolls Six? Oh yeah, they got a stealth drop, didn't they? Forgot about that. I haven't downloaded yes. it yet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we get to. Have you guys in the? Oh, is it? Have you guys, uh, listeners, have you guys not had Elder Scrolls Six stealth drop on your Xbox? Mm. That's weird. Uh, thing we, we, for podcasters, for podcasters, for very very handsome and hairy podcasters, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Well, a, 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 what? I cannot speak today. I don't know what's going on. Yeah. I see your brain you rotted a, from Starfield. Yeah. Yeah, it's that lack of oxygen, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Pick the wrong trait. Uh, okay, I'm gonna try, yeah, I'm gonna try one more time. Here we go. Okay, Bethesda has confirmed its highly anticipated role playing game, The Elder Scrolls Six, which was officially announced in 2018, has entered early development. So it's in, uh, it's in development, it's not in pre production. That's that's the takeaway here, which is um, kind of surprising to me, to be honest. Um, uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it was announced five years ago. I know Starfield has obviously been the the child of labor for, for Bethesda, but um, uh, yeah, I don't know. I, don't, I wouldn't say it surprises me to see it in early development. I mean, I just assumed, I just assumed that when they announced it, they didn't really mean it. You know, I just assumed they were like, yeah, Fallout 76 is a bit shit, isn't it? Uh, here's Elder Scrolls 6 <laughs> round <Yeah>. of applause <laughs> yeah here's this um, yeah go easy on us yeah we haven't forgot about this please. here's the title screen see you in yeah. five years yeah six if you bomb the building you'll also build, bomb Elder Scrolls 6 so you just bear, keep that in mind yeah right exactly it's very important it's like a safeguard you know it's like a fail safe it's like a dead man's <laughs> dead man's trigger yeah um, <laughs> I don't really I'm sure there is more of a conversation to have about Elder Scrolls 6. I just don't know if it's a good conversation to have today because a lot of the developments, a lot of the things that have happened in Starfield, which we will talk about, get me really excited for what could happen next in Elder Scrolls 6, you know? Mm -hmm. um, so unless there's anything you're dying to say here, I, I reckon we leave this conversation for another day. Yeah, I don't really think there's there's much to to talk about um, apart from apart from yeah, yeah exactly like all, all the developments that Starfield has managed to do, um, you know, having those put put into like Elder Scrolls and into like a high fantasy sort of setting and what they can do with it is yeah, it's quite exciting um, because yeah, I mean, even from just the short amount I played of Starfield and from what I've seen, the 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 leap they've taken from their last Bethesda RPG is quite substantial in terms of quality and 
and graphics and gameplay and everything like that like um yeah so it's pretty crazy and then obviously this is going to be years ahead of starfield as well so um yeah quite exciting for sure but yeah there's not really too much else to to say on it really is there um no, I think you're right. The only thing that that's got me thinking here, because it's like I said, I'm, I am surprised it's in early development and not in pre-production, is that they want this as a launch title for whatever the next Xbox console is. Oh yeah, like yeah. holy shit! Can you imagine? That is pretty bonkers. Yeah, the Xbox Series Z. <laughs> God it comes out with Elder Scrolls Six. Yeah. I wonder what they're going to call the next. Do you think they're going to drop all their stupid fucking naming conventions for the next Xbox? No. What do you think it's going to be called? <laughs> let's, let's spitball this. <laughs> I... They'll probably keep the series, won't they? Or do you think they'll do the I, thing I have where no they, idea. Just, they just go, they'll just be like, nah, we're going back to our roots. This is just called Xbox. Like this is that would not surprise me at all. The yeah. Xbox or just Xbox, yeah. Something the like Xbox, that. yeah. <laughs> the 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 an Xbox. Xbox. An Xbox. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, it does. I, I I think they could definitely just be like, yeah, just Xbox. Literally, just just go back to just that, right? I could see that being. Oh, I'd be so stupid. It'd be so stupid. I could see it. I could absolutely see it, and that's the worst part. Yeah, they are in a difficult position though, aren't they? Because they can't, they don't want to number their consoles because it, it like implies that there's some sort of parity or um, disparity with the other consoles. Like Switch, largely does the same thing. Wii, Wii U, 3DS, new 3DS. Like they they try and stay away from number conventions. They just yeah. use weird letters. Yeah. Um, like I's and U's. Um, so Xbox just likes to occupy the other end of the alphabet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. X and Z's. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's it, it's yeah, it's kind of a weird one, but who knows? Xbox Series S two, Xbox Series X two, V two. I just think they should use concepts. Just go into concepts. You know what I mean? The three sixty was a, like a concept, and everybody liked that. And like the logo was like a you know it was like a ball, like at the, the time it was yeah. like green and silver, and it would be like. Whoa. It kind of made sense. Did, I don't know. Fit. Yeah. Yeah. Xbox Circle, you know? <laughs> Xbox Cylinder. I'm into it. Xbox Triangle. I guess those aren't concepts. I, I guess that's just a shape. <laughs> yeah. You can have one for each, yeah, each shape. You can get your Xbox in a triangle, a square, a circle, mm. or an octagon. Whatever you like, it's a customizable experience. The Xbox Flex. And I guess it, I like that. I guess it doesn't make sense, does it? Because it's called an X box. So they're kind of a bit pigeonholed there, aren't they? Yeah, they have to make it boxy. Yeah. <laughs> it has to be a box. They could just call it X. Um, oh no, sorry, that's Twitter's new name. Can't have that. Can't do that. They should yeah, just call it the Twitter shit, box. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Alright, well. That's Elder Scrolls 6. Um, it's obviously one to watch. It's probably going to be the next game that's like, you know, industry shaking, kind of like how Starfield has been. But this will be on a whole another level because it's an established IP and a franchise everybody knows about. 
Um, So, yes, exciting stuff. Okay, Tim, here we are. Okay, chat, here we are. We're here to talk about Starfield. This is where we go. Oh, just very quickly, working to make some uh, suggestions in the chat. (laughs) Xbox Dreamcast 2 after buying Sega in 2024. (laughs) Yeah, I can see it. Dreamcast Xbox, Xbox, yeah, Xbox Dream? Power your dreams? Hmm? See it in your dreams? That's such a cool name for a console, isn't it? Dreamcast. Yeah, that's... that's it just sounds cool, cool. It's just a cool name. That's awesome. Dreamcast, yeah. man. Just just works. Cast your dreams into the screen. Yeah, it does. Just yeah. works. Good shit. Um, yeah, okay. Here we go. It's Starfield time. Chat, if you're playing it, what are your thoughts? How are you thinking? I, where should we start, Tim? Would you like to start by talking about our just feelings, or should we start by talking about the public reception and the review reception? And where do you think's best to go here? Uh, start with the um, public reception and reviews, that sort of area, I think. Okay. Good shout. All right. Well, dear audience, dear watchers, dear listeners, as uh, as of time of writing, Starfield is an eighty-eight on Open Critic. Um, this is after one hundred reviews. Um, so, what sort of, how many reviews was this game going to sort of get? Do you think that's going to budge much? Or I think it might might move one point in either direction. Um, just to give you a sense, God of War Ragnarok had one hundred and ninety-two reviews. Jesus. Um, Zelda Sorry. had 160 reviews. So we could be looking at another 50 to 70 reviews, maybe even more trickling in over the next month. Um, maybe longer. Okay. That's a, there that's was a bit a of lot. drama in the lead up. It is a lot, yeah. Um, there was a bit of drama in the lead up to release that uh Bethesda had been a bit selective with who they're sending codes out to, which isn't so like they they've done that before um i mean i think most companies do that now um particularly a lot of uk sites didn't get any um and metro have been fucked off metro uk um yeah they didn't get famously famously known for saying in their hi-fi rush review that they couldn't give it higher than an an eight and that's an eight is is a good score you know but for famously saying oh we can't give this game anymore because Xbox hasn't released any oh, games recently. Yeah, I remember that. That's so fucking dumb. I don't know how <laughs> and they the thing is, uh, take, like take that down. Like, how that's actually allowed to stay up. I, I've spoken to some people about this, and a lot of people have been like, "Oh, it's pretty obvious they didn't mean that. They were just saying, you know, it's like um, I it just kind of." It was they were just mentioning that the platform hasn't, and it's like I don't get what does this have to do with the the game, the the, yeah. the product that's in You're front of you. The I, I don't Even if it wasn't in bad faith, it was a very strange thing to put in a in a review. I I don't know. Um, yeah, you're but, reviewing the game, not that, the platform. Yeah, it just felt like a strange thing to even bring up. Like if you know, even if you want to debate the content of what was meant by those that arrangement of words, maybe. But why was it even brought up? You know, what I mean, it would be like reading a review of like about a TV, and then the reviewer just randomly for a paragraph being like, "Yeah, but they didn't release any new TVs last year, so um, you know, it's <laughs> worth considering that." <laughs> okay. Um, 
so that was happening, and this is the reason I bring it up is because they're going to review bomb the game. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they they put out an article the other day saying Starfield reviews are up, and it's mostly sevens, or what was it? And there are lots of sevens, or something like that. There's five out of a hundred, one hundred reviews. Yeah, there's five <laughs> sevens, and that's what they titled their their article. And their last line, I'll have to find it actually because I tweeted about it because I don't want to get this twisted, even though I probably have already got this twisted. Um, where is it? Here it is. Uh, their last one of the paragraphs towards the end of the article. <laughs> listen, to, listen to how fucking bitter this is. Starfield doesn't seem to be a terrible game, but it's also clear it's not Game of the Year contender that, that Bethesda and Microsoft were implying it was. This is exactly what you'd expect from a title they refuse to give hands-on previews for, and which they've tried to keep out the hands of any reviewer they deem likely to give a low score. Yeah. That shit's not getting above a is, seven from What Pedro. the fuck is this? <laughs> yeah. Amateur hour? It's ridiculous what was though, because it, it just it completely takes away like the professionalism that should be around reviews. It's just like who gives a shit? You're still supposed to be professional, whether you got a copy or not. You're still supposed to be unbiased. You're not owed a code. Neutral, you're not exactly. A- yeah, you're you're supposed to still have a neutral view upon this, but they're going in 100. They're going in with a negative view already. Like that that shit's probably. A seven. It's a seven or under. They're not giving it over a seven. No, one hundred percent. And I expect Eurogamer to largely give it a low score as well. I can see what Keen said the same in the chat. Um, you know, we'll see. The thing is, it, it's really. I find this a very difficult subject to navigate for lots of different reasons because. What's the point in complaining about other people's opinions? There really isn't. You know, like assholes, everybody has one. Um it's it, it's just that when you read articles like that you can't help but feel you're not really critiquing what's in front of you you're yeah. you're being it's being colored by something else and that's kind of the bigger problem here and you know yeah you could go deep into that you know we've spoken about this with xbox and like you know platform preference and that's not a problem but how that can maybe color an expectation you know i i don't want it to ever come across like on this podcast we are trying to imply that there's any sort of conspiracy like some people do some people like really strongly feel there's some sort of conspiracy against xbox i don't feel that way Mm. um i just think that people have preferences and sometimes that can add up into sort of like systemic differences i mean you think about like literally anything if if we pretend that we're not talking about video games here for a second that is how bias works in the rest of the world Mm. like people have preferences and people have um different biases unknowingly and it doesn't make a huge difference but it adds up that's mm. kind of the point that i'm that, that is coming that i'm trying to get across um especially when a, a uh, outlet will very kindly lay those words plainly out for you to see <laughs> that they are already pissed off <laughs> yeah yeah exactly um yeah i don't know it's, it's just a shame um but yeah i mean i'll ultimately it, like like you said this the, the whole point system is and in my sister in my eyes as well reviews are just getting kind of worse and worse and worse i mean the only reason we're quite interested in in this one in particular is because it's it's very much an xbox brand image as well um mm-hmm. and sure I, yeah. I do like to see a game succeed and i like to see a, a, a developer you know get get their their dues if they make a good game and stuff but you know um 
that should also come with sales and stuff like that. It, I, I, I don't know. It just feels the the more and more I go on and the more and more reviews to happen, the more and more I just don't like them as I've like grown up and grown older. Like I was definitely sort of, mm. I feel like I follow them more now, um, but more as like a talking point rather than actually like sort of abiding by them and going by them and what they say. Um, yeah, I'm just not a big fan of, of, of this shit at the moment. Yeah. Which is quite funny because like the, our last three episodes, we've spoken a lot about review scores and what we think and hope um, Starfield would hit. Yeah, um, based on like a brand, but, though, we were saying, because it's just yeah. that, that that's what it is. Yeah, we were saying regardless, we're still going to play this game and probably enjoy it and still have a great time. Um, yeah. But yeah, we were just hoping it's a success for Xbox, really. Yeah. And that's the thing when we're talking about aggregate reviews, isn't it? You know, people have different approaches to... I mean, you know, again, if we zoom out and really think about what we're talking about here with reviews, how do you know you should spend your time and money on a product? You know, you want to be informed. And some people will pick an outlet that has similar taste to them and just follow everything the outlet does. Other people will look to an aggregate, you know, the idea being that an aggregate removes... Um, it gives you a better sense because it's taking all of them together. I do like that approach. I like the idea of an aggregate. I'm not saying it's the right way. Um, but I like it to give me a sense, you know, yeah. because ultimately what you're doing with an aggregate is you're pulling together like a, a long continuum of scores and you're condensing it. You know, you're putting a, a median or, or a mean, depending on how the aggregate does it. Um, mm. And I find that generally those very broadly, those scores match up with my experience. You know, mm -hmm. um, I don't tend to enjoy sixes all that much. There are high sixes I've enjoyed, low sevens I've enjoyed. Um, things that are 85 plus, generally, I get a lot of enjoyment out of, and I, I will play those games that score that much, kind mm -hmm. of regardless. Um, you know, and then there, there are some in the 90s that I don't know, I just I don't find there's much difference between an 85 and a and a 100 to me that is kind of excellent territory um mm. but you know that's just me so i guess my overall point is aggregate scores are really good to get a sense you know to get yeah. a sense that that's kind of my feeling on it but there are some people who like want to fight over like every individual point and it's like there's no point in that because you're aggregating hundreds of of, of numbers so it's like that's it's not going to be representative you know, down to the point. Um, mm. It would, I think it would be really nice. And I've always actually been an advocate for this of like talking about, and, and I would like, if I ever do reviews on this channel, this is how I'll do it. I'll, I'll give a score in a range, you know, um, this is a 7.5 to an 8.5 just to give a sense and to try and give a range that, that works better for me. And I wish that we kind of could think about it in that way. I feel like that would be more sensible. Yeah, that's quite interesting. Yeah, because then it gives people an indication of yeah, like 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 you said, whether or not they should spend their time and money on it, and like you know, you're basically saying like, you know, at its lowest point, you know, this game might be a seven point five for you, but it also could be you know, if you're into it and it's your sort of genre and stuff like that, you know, it can go up to an eight point five. Yeah, 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 I can kind of see that as quite quite a good sort of way to do things. Um, yeah, and it just gives people uh, more of an indication of um, the sort of vibe they'll get from the game and whether or not it's worth their time and money, um, which I guess is yeah, it's more more important these days as you know prices are rising uh, consistently for these sort of things, um, 
Uh, obviously, that also becomes a blurred line because things like Games Pass and stuff like that, like, you know, you have Games Pass anyway, right? So Starfield isn't really costing you anything. So, you know, this game dropping in at 88 or whatever is crazy mega value considering you were subscribed anyway. So awesome. Um, yeah, that is quite, is is interesting for sure. Uh, yeah. I, and I could talk about the kind of the philosophy of this all day. I, f- I find this really interesting, like, to be honest, um, because there's, it's like kind of stats mixed in with um, perception and psychology, obviously. Um, and, you know, th- there's no perfect way to do this. I just like the idea of ranges because someone, likewise, if someone didn't like the idea, they might say, well, what's the point of doing a range? You might as well just give every game zero to 10 <laughs> because somebody might find it zero and somebody might find it at 10. It's like, well, yeah, but the idea of a range is that we're eliminating outliers. Um, but mm-hmm. we are incorporating kind of standard deviations into quartile data, you know, whatever numbers, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it just eliminates the, the far ranging stuff. Um, but yeah, that's my thoughts. We're, we're, we're coming up to an hour in, and I want to make sure we have time to talk kind of a bit more about the important stuff, Tim. So is this, yeah. um, shall we? Let's, we can't avoid it. So just to, to round out the review conversation, mm-hmm. the biggest point of controversy of all of this is. Is IGN's seven? Gamespot gave it a seven as well. A couple of outlets. Um, uh, let me just have a quick look. Some other outlets that I haven't heard of before. Saudi Gamer gave it a seven. PC Mag gave it a seven. Digital Trends gave it a seven. Yeah. So there, there were five total, and then Paste Magazine gave it a five out of ten, which is kind of weird. Um, and I will say that some other journalists have gone to Twitter and been like, a seven feels like kind of a bit low yeah, a bit you, don't, a, you don't usually see that you, yeah you don't usually see that and, and again opinions and all that like these are the lowest reviews out of 100 so it's just what it is it doesn't feel productive to pick on the reviews that just happen to be on the low end of the spectrum the thing which is strange about this is that it's ign <laughs> ign are usually quite generous with scores yeah and it was reviewed not by the lead xbox guy ryan mccaffrey who usually done it but by dan stapleton um who who has been like trying to defend himself. I do feel a bit bad for him because he's become the target and some people are, have pointed to his history of being very critical of Xbox as a brand and especially its recent moves with acquisitions and some people feel that his he was already a bit tainted by it and therefore shouldn't have reviewed it. But um, I've read the review word for word and it was, um, it was good. It was a good review. Um, I mean, ultimately, I don't agree with the number, but opinions. Mm. So I guess maybe the question to ask you, Tim, is... We've come in at an 88 on Open Critic. With all of this in mind, how are you feeling about that score? Is that what Xbox needs? Is that what Starfield needs? Um, thoughts? Um, yeah. No, I think an 88 is more more than a fine score. Um, I think anything in the region of like an 85 plus was a is is a huge PR win for, for for Microsoft and 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 good for um for Xbox as like a brand and a platform and stuff like that. Yeah, hundred percent. I don't think um Xbox should be disappointed with this figure. Bethesda should be disappointed with this figure or or, or anyone. And I obviously I haven't played enough to experience to experience and put a number on it myself. But you know, I I probably would end it because bethesda games aren't perfect no bethesda games perfect they are jank and the combat 
as much as it looks like it's been improved, is still it's still Bethesda combat. It's it's not it's not the best out there by by any means, right? Um, and you're gonna have these sort of things with the game. So I don't think I was ever gonna play Starfield and experience a ten out of ten game, regardless. So I feel like a sort of yeah, like for for me, Starfield, you know, from depending on how I finish it from from start to finish here, but like anywhere between eighty to like ninety five or something, uh, eighty five to ninety five is the sort of region I was expecting Starfield to fall for me personally as well. So this review score seems pretty fair to me by the looks of it. Obviously, it would have been great to hit hit, hit a ninety for the brand, but um, I don't think this is negative in any way and it should turn people off in any way yeah i mean i'm more than happy seeing that number yeah yeah i agree with you um if if i'm if i'm being pessimistic i expect the number to dip down to an 87 in the coming weeks um if you know maybe if a lot of the reviews continue to be good it, it ticks up to an 89 you know we'll see um, I, I think 88 is a really nice number. 87 is an equally good, you know, good review. Um, 88 is exactly what Fallout 4 got. Um, so it makes it at least as good as other BGS titles, um, if you're going to go by numbers. I think, yeah, I think what has made it kind of interesting here is that there's been a mix, there's been mixed feelings because some people who maybe weren't paying as close attention but know about Bethesda and know about Elder Scrolls were anticipating a 90 plus mm-hmm. and then it wasn't some of those people are i guess left feeling a bit disappointed now will it affect their like is, has anybody seen an 88 instead of a 90 and gone i'm not playing that <laughs> i doubt i would i would hope I not so. i would hope not <laughs> yeah. at least. that is stupid yeah yeah it's bad if you're doing that yeah. and this is what this is what i mean once you actually engage your brain on this sort of stuff the minutiae of the points doesn't really matter all that much. It's kind of the sense. It's why when something lands on 96, like Tears of the Kingdom does, everybody goes, oh, my, wow. You know, or Baldur's Gate, you know, it has that same impact. But generally, if you're like high 80s, crowning into 90s, people are like, this is a very, very good video game, and I should probably play this, mm-hmm. you know. Um, so there's that angle. And then there's kind of an angle, again, depending on who you asked, I don't think we agreed in previous podcasts, but a lot of people felt that Starfield was kind of a Hail Mary from Xbox. Kind of like, this is our last shot. Did you just fart? No, it's my chair creaking. It's a leather It's a leather <laughs> uh-huh. chair. It's a leather chair, dude. Uh-huh. I moved my knee up as it happened. Do it again. Fine. Okay, we'll let him off. <laughs> Two farts, baby. <laughs> <laughs> yeah you just have them ready to go on demand yeah. like, hold a bit back just in case i <laughs> press you on it um yeah some people felt depending on who you ask some people felt that if you really engaged a lot of the clickbait you might have felt that xbox is on its last legs you know mm-hmm. and starfield had to be the hail mary um and you combine that with the feeling about bgs and then the game comes in a bit lower some of those people are like oh wow not as good as i was hoping I mean, I mean, any feelings about that at all? <laughs> about how some people felt that way and whether um, they should have been or shouldn't have been? I mean, I hope not. I mean, 
yeah, I, I feel like people will always have unrealistic expectations for, for these sort of things. Um I I yeah, I mean I, I, I do feel like there's probably quite a large portion of people, like you said, like actual Bethesda like uh fanboys and people who love Bethesda might actually be quite disappointed with this figure, especially as it Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Matches like previous titles, like Fallout 4, you know, you'd expect it to go up, right? Um, rather than match it or something like that, or or even a bit lower, um, which it very well could be. It could dip to like an 87 or something. Um, so yeah, I can imagine people being a bit a bit disappointed with that. Um I think that's silly and I think that's that's very stupid, but I I can imagine people do get invested to that point, especially the way that I don't think this has been marketed as a Hail Mary, but it's definitely been marketed as um their biggest, most ambitious thing they've ever done, right? And and I still think it is that and whether or not it hit the same score or not. Um, or a lower score i still think it is the biggest most ambitious thing they've they've ever done um you know whether that turns out to be a, a good or a bad thing um i think that still is fact right um and yeah i mean it's it, it's hard to say being so early in but at least from what i've played seen and heard it it does seem to just improve on most core aspects of of what BGS games do um, in terms of Fallout being with its combat and um, and like world building and stuff like that. Like I, I feel like it's an improvement on Fallout over the sense of it's more colourful, it's more vast and stuff like that. Fallout can be a bit bland in its world. I do like the the, the nuclear wasteland, but it's a bit it's a bit brown, it's a bit boring. Um, uh, you know, facial animations and dialogue and voice acting, all of this has been stepped up, you know, to the point where I think a lot of people probably would expect it to score higher than previous BGS games. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I can see that. Um, but to me, I think it, it it's a bit, to me, it's a bit weird if, if people look at this and seem disappointed because they were hoping for a 90 plus Um these people are too invested in this this score. This um, you know shouldn't shouldn't affect your opinion on the game that much. But yeah, 
Yeah, yeah, some good points there. I like I, I've said before, you know, I think there is a type of game that lends itself to high critic scores. Um and, and that can come about for a number of reasons. I think movie games, you know, not trying to be derogative, but movie games are because they're an easy comparison to cinema. That's a good shot. Oh wow, that was a good emotional beat. You know, things that typically flow like a movie does, a gameplay section or you know, an action section then a cutscene and then an action section and a cutscene sh- cut mm-hmm. um, as opposed to something like a Bethesda game. And, and this, obviously, older Bethesda games have scored very, very highly. But Fallout 4 was in 2015. You know what I mean? Like, the industry is in a bit of a different place for open worlds now. And even as we go into the conversation about the actual game, I don't think Starfield is really an open world game. If it is, it's... Um, it's a bit of a different one. There's more to talk about with that, but um, it, uh, I think there is a type of game that lends itself to high scores. There is a, there are types of niches that lend themselves to high scores, um, and unfortunately, I don't think Starfield quite falls into any of those categories. Um, hmm. And that's not to say there aren't genuine criticisms here, because there are. Yeah. Um, but overall, it sounds like we're in agreement that it's a good enough score for what Xbox needed. Xbox yeah. needed a quote unquote banger. Yeah. Mass appeal banger that's going to move systems, that's going to move people into the ecosystem to play it. And do we think that's been achieved? I think so. It sounds like you think so as well. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's been achieved. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. <laughs> because it's for some, I haven't really seen, to be fair, it hasn't been as bad as I thought it was going to be. But it's flared up the conversation of like, oh, Xbox just can't hit a 90 or above. Wrong. 2020, Ori and the Will of the Wisps, 90. 2021, Microsoft Flight Simulator, 94. 2021, Forza Horizon 5, 92. You know? Oh, they're not mass appeal games. Oh, well, guess what just launched? Starfield. You know, so I don't think they naturally needed a 90 plus game. They have had three of them in the last three years. What they needed is a well-reviewed game, high 80s, mm. that captures the attention of everyone of and lot. pushes people into the ecosystem and pushes pushes consoles. Yeah. That's the job that's being accomplished here, you know? Yeah, 100%. So that, that's the gap, and I think that that's achieved. And especially because it's a new IP. New IP catches imaginations. And in a sense, it was interesting, you were saying before, Fallout, um, the comparison there, new IPs are quite hard to get very very high scores on you know mm. starfield 2 in 2060 <laughs> might yeah. might do that it might be a couple of points higher you know you think about elder scrolls it took them well they've always been well reviewed but oblivion was the first one to crack into 90s i think and then skyrim went a bit higher in the 90s um, yeah fallout 3 was a 91 on pc um and again starfield is an 88 on pc like are we really gonna split hairs between three points here you know it's just yeah yeah a sense it gives you a sense yeah great so yeah it's been very interesting for the most part people are enjoying it um and the as we kind of move into the conversation about the actual game and sort of the um the the connected tissue between the review conversation and moving into the game is that for the most part again no spoilers there is a bit of a consensus here that the game starts a bit slow Mm -hmm. um this could work 
really for the game or against it in terms of reviews rolling in without the embargo pressure outlets might just take their time with it mm-hmm. and maybe spend more time with it than the previous outlets did and we might get more uh, you know a score higher than the average of 88 which makes it go up on the other hand outlets might feel less, less pressured to spend their time with it because they need to hit an embargo and drop it after 10 hours and give a low score so yeah we'll see yeah yeah so starfield sucks gg end the stream okay and, and tim yeah yeah yeah, I'm on it. yeah i need to go over and click it that's it we just shut the channel down and we yeah, never come that'd, back. Be am- that'd be amazing <laughs> after all of that discussion yeah um, we actually fucking hate it yeah. <laughs> and we've hated xbox all this time we just pull out playstations from under our desk got a switch and a pc um yeah okay so i have played starfield for 25 hours now i'm Jesus. level 15 that seems low for 25 hours but okay I don't know how the XP works. Hell yeah. I mean, I... Like I said, I had the house to myself on Saturday. And I didn't end up playing on Friday because here in the UK, the early access was 1am and that was just such an annoying time. So I just went to bed. Um, And I played and I played and I played. And then it got to the end of the day when I was ready to go to the bed. To the the bed. To the bed. And i checked my save file and it said 15 hours and i was like i've played 15 hours of, of starfield today <laughs> that's fucking bonkers dude that's yeah, crazy that is bonkers. that's literally like, the last time i did that you yeah you do you must have not even stopped to eat really you must have just been eating while you were playing as well i i ordered a pizza you know it came to me food came to me <laughs> nice dude um so I don't know how you um how many hours have you had in so far? You've had just played one hour or uh, I'd say like two, like two, two and a bit maybe. Oh. Yeah, so not not too long. No. Okay, well, well, why don't you start with that kind of how you felt just after two hours then? Just you know, and then I can kind of lead off from there. Uh yeah no I mean I was I was quite um I was quite pleased with it for sure. Um I mean I enjoyed the um yeah I definitely got my warm fuzzy feeling when i was in my character creation um you know and go mm. going through i actually spent quite a lot of time um making my guy and sort of picking a background for him and stuff like that um like who um, is he tell us uh tilly got involved as well and sort of helped out yes um, it was quite yeah it was quite fun um yeah so his name is uh orion <laughs> little space little space theme there um Nice. And uh yeah, he's got he's got some man bun going on. He's he's a he's a bit gruff, he's got cool blue eyes, um, he's tall and you know, he's 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 a little bit on the skinny side, a little bit like me, you know, but he's he's got a little bit he's got a little bit of bulk to him. But uh yeah, he's uh I picked the space scoundrel as my background, so um that that's do? like piloting, which I actually quite enjoyed. I didn't uh, I did some ship combat in that game and I was actually like it's kind of fun. I was like, you know, it's quite cool that you like allocate things on the fly to like your ship and do that and you shoot and you got lasers to take down the shields and then you got the missiles and your guns to actually do better like damage when shields are down and stuff like that. I found it quite interactive and quite fun actually without it being like overly complex too. 
Like I feel like yeah. it's a nice it's like a elite dangerous. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So because I was quite worried about that when I picked that class, because I was like, oh, piloting, that's cool. Cause you know, I'm like, I'm like a fucking, yeah. I'm like a pilot, pistols and persuasion and stuff like that. It's cool. But I was like, am I really going to enjoy like the flying element of this and like space combat and stuff like that? It's normally not my vibe, like vehicle combat. Um, but I was actually pleasantly surprised with it. So um, yeah, that was fun. And uh, yeah, so I picked that as my it's background. Really um, I think I picked um, for my, you know, you get to pick your three little trait things your three little things yeah. i think i picked the one where i'm like wanted and like someone could just pop up Same. at any time yeah and like kill me because i was like that's kind of cool right if that just happens you're like oh fuck it's kind of like it's not like um shadow of war like middle earth vibes yeah, yeah where like an orc just pops up he's like yeah like um so yeah, I was yeah. like that, and I was like, and they could maybe have some cool loot, right? Some cool guns or something yeah. if I kill them, you know, because they're bounty hunters. You, you do more me. damage. Yeah, yeah, and I, low health and well, I do so. more damage when I'm on low health. Yeah, which is kind of cool. Um, and then I think I picked. Um, oh, I can't remember the other ones I picked. I only picked. Two oh, of them I picked three. the idol one where people like idolize me. I'm like, and like they can come up and give me gifts and stuff so i'm like just you have an known. adoring fan yeah i'm just like known around the galaxy for being wanted and being adored it's great <laughs> wow okay uh and then I, I picked something else as well i did actually pick three yeah um i can't remember the other one i picked but yeah so that, that's my guy and he's great i like him How are you? and i shot nice. some stuff and i flew a bit and that's about all i did so I'm only two hours in, but yeah, it's a good time, man. Cool. Yeah, good. Yeah, I I agree. I I had a great time making my character, and it's like you said, uh, Tilly got involved. It's like um, I, I'm pretty sure it's like girlfriend 101 that if you're doing a game that has a character creator, get him in. Because yeah, it's the most excitement that yeah. you know that will be there all week <laughs> yeah exactly yeah she loved it i mean she plays like sims all the time as well so she was just like character creation is 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 my vibe so i'm gonna help you with this yeah uh, yeah. yeah honey i'm making a new character <laughs> a gust of wind and she sat next to you <laughs> with snacks yeah ready to go let me see the hair yeah it's good shit um, yeah, I was going to say, just bouncing off a couple of things you said there. Yeah, the ship combat. I agree. I think it's really fun. The dogfights are, are awesome. Um, mm. You Just in case you, you didn't know, you can fire all the stuff at the same time. Oh, okay. I, don't know, I thought you had to do one or the other, but you could just hold down stuff at the same time. Obviously, it will lower your ammo or your cooldowns or whatever, but I didn't know that, and then I figured it out. Yeah. Um, I am, I'm playing on hard. I think I said to you, yeah, um, I will flick to hard. I'm not on hard at the moment, but I think I will based on your recommendation. Yeah. Yeah, I would definitely advise it. Um, but the ship combat, I think, to begin with, is supposed to be. I mean, even while I'm 25 hours in, it still feels substantially harder than like gun combat. Um, I think it's meant to be that way because you're like outclassed on your ship and it, like shipbuilding is really a a later thing in the game you're not really yeah. meant to be able to afford it or get the parts or have the ability to upgrade yet um there was one time i had to turn the difficulty down because i was doing a story mission with 
when I was getting shot at by like a class C ship. They're like the really heavy combat ones. And then I got invaded for being wanted. Oh God. And I was like, I just kept getting, I like kept dying in the first 10 seconds. Like I just could not survive. Um, Damn. But for the most part, those dogfights are really, really fun. Especially when you like start to learn a bit more of the nuance about it. Like you can buy thrusters on one of the skill points. Again, the game didn't tell me how to use it. I had to like, uh, Google like what button it was, but like the thrusters, so you can like move the ship. Um, like up, down, left, and right. Do you know what I mean? On like a two yeah. D plane, mm-hmm. and you can like move really quickly around someone, like while shooting, and then tail behind them. You can just do some really cool maneuvers with that. I'd really recommend getting that. Um, okay, it's really fun. Um, yeah, and I got the targeting system as well. That's super fun too. You can like select different parts of the ship to destroy. Okay, so like you nice. can just take out their shields without having to damage it, or like take out their grav drive so they can't escape, or boost away from you. Take out the lasers if you're you don't want your shields to go down, things like that. Um, really fun. Um, yeah. So I guess I to give you, I think I I said to you what what I did for my character, but yeah, I I went a bit different this time. Mm-hmm. Bit, and I'll, I'll tell you what, if it wasn't for because oh. like like I said, when I did the combined character creation with Tele, and we kind of just did mm-hmm. it together, I was very much going a similar vibe to what you had you went with because <laughs> i wanted to be yeah yeah i mean obviously I'll, I'll let you explain what it is but i was very i was kind of thinking i'd be going down a similar route but then we pulled in another direction and it was also really cool so but anyway yeah there you go nice yeah my, my head cannon was to be like a boy like a techie boy yeah. all about that tech i can do i can do whatever and that means my skill was reaching to different areas where there is more tech like so for that reason i've invested a few points in piloting i'm like pretty decent on ships um but my starting perks my my background was cyberneticist so with that i got uh lasers Mm -hmm. love lasers yep i'm so excited when i find a laser gun i do more damage i've got three points on that so i do 30 percent more damage and the final point is 40 percent more damage and a five percent chance to set people on fire Oh, that's good. Cool. Yeah, I'm maxing yeah. that out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I had medicine, right? Medicine mm-hmm. it works really quick, does more, and you can't go wrong with that. And what was the other thing? The other thing was lockpicks. Boy, mm-hmm. am I glad I picked that. This guy right here, lockpicker of the year. Yeah. Yeah. See, I got a little bit confused with the whole lockpicking system. I was kind of, I was like, oh, I get it. And I was like, this is this is okay, I guess. You know, it's not a bad lockpicking system. But then I entered one and got past the first ring, and then there was no way I could have possibly done the second ring. And I didn't quite yeah. understand why. Is it because yeah, I could okay. have done so the first that... ring in a different way to then make the second ring? Okay. Yeah. yeah. But uh, you can undo. You have a limited amount of undos to 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 mm. try if you do mess up. But yeah. yeah, that's the gist of it. It's basically if you have one with multiple rings, which I think they all are, you want to try and line up the middle one first so you know what ones to reserve and what ones yeah. to use first. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. <clears throat> um, it's a really good lockpicking game once you get your head around it, to be honest. Yeah, it's it's, not like, bad. it's yeah. way better than the previous ones. It's like actually like a little puzzle rather than just move stuff around until your controller vibrates. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I've got like three points in that now. I'm like going into master level locks. You know, I'm going to the top of town. I'm like undoing safes. I'm like, pa, 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 pa. 
Nice. You've had any like and any then... any goodies, like some spoiler free, but like oh, yeah. any cool shit from like getting high level locks on. I I have, yeah. I have. I found some like really good resources. I've had some good guns in like rooms that I wouldn't otherwise have been able to access. Nice. Um yeah, helmets, stuff like that. Um mm. and then just to top off top up top off the head cannon, put a point in pickpocketing, of course. Okay. Going places I'm not supposed to be. So I've got a bit of skill in that, you know? Pinch your pocket. What's that? Little cyber stick sticking out your... What's it called? Credit stick sticking out your back pocket. That's mine now. Thank you Damn. very much. You're a thief. What's that? I'm a, I can be. I can be at times. It's really hard, though. <laughs> like, so... I don't know how far I'll take Do you have that, a bouncy in your head, that was from, head from, from thieving? Not yet. I'm I'm only taking stuff where I have like a really high chance of pulling it off because yeah, I want to level it up and you have to pull off successful. Uh, yeah, you have to do because of the challenge system. You know, you have to do it um, a number of times. Yeah, um, and then finally, I think finally, um, I've put a couple of points in the scavenger perk. Top it all off. Hmm? I go into boxes. What do I find? More credits than you. I go into your pockets. What do I find? Oh wow! Thank you very much. I find more shit everywhere. I find more ammo. I find more money. More lockpicks? Make a living. More lockpicks. I'm actually out of lockpicks at the moment. It's a real shame. Because <laughs> <laughs> I've used so many. God, you're really lockpicking a lot, man. I am, yeah. That's, that's free XP, that is. Anyway, so so that's like my character. And I had a, I've had a great time just like role-playing that. And like nice. leaning into it. And um... Do you name him anything role-play? Or did you just call him deck? Or side deck? So I was just Deck, but then I found out Vasco can say your name. Um, and it turns out Windows Central has an article up on it at the moment. There's like a list of na- like internal names, like hidden names that he will say. And it turns out uh, Declan is one of them. And I was like, I have never seen that before. I'm, I'm doing that. So I'm changing my name. That's Deck. cool. Uh, did you notice the first guy you speak to, his, his name's Hella? Hella. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> I've never seen that in a game either. That was crazy. This game was made for us. I like dude. Him. <laughs> Yeah, I know. It's, it was awesome, isn't it? And it's quite funny because you can um, you can change your name at any point. There, there's a a, a, sh- uh, a shop you'll find later that you can do that at. But um, okay, one of those names that Vasco will say is fuckface. Oh, <laughs> nice. Fuckface. I don't know, hi, Captain Fuckface. fuckface. <laughs> I'm absolutely changing my name to Fuckface. Yeah, that's hilarious. Um, so. That's like that that bit. So I will. So that's been your impression. Um, I guess. I, so I'll just try kind of. One, I've made kind of a list of like what I thought's been good, what I thought hasn't been good. Um, feel free to like jump in on any of this because I'm sure um, listeners and watchers would be happy to hear about anything else that kind of you're finding interesting. I would like to know a bit more about. Yeah, um, sure. But I will agree for the most part with the with the reviewers that the game does. I'm not sure if I would say start slow. I don't think it's, in my opinion, it didn't start slow. It just is overwhelming. And it, I don't think it does a particularly great job at, at giving you, at guiding you through the galaxy. Um, and it's why a lot of people and reviewers have said, just do the main story. Um, just do the main story. Um, if you get a bit distracted here and there, great, just do the main story. Because then the other thing is, and I don't know anything about it, apparently the new game plus is really amazing. Oh, okay. Um, and like kind of continues the story again i don't know anything about it no spoilers i i don't have a clue but um 
people have said there's more of an emphasis on the main story as well because the main story is really good um and it has been good as well i would say so far i've been really impressed with the writing and the direction it's been interesting it's been intriguing and actually i've just had a bit of a left turn in the story i was like oh well that's cool when it's kind of had an impact on gameplay and um I, yeah i'm very intrigued I'm very intrigued um so you I would have uh, been beeline so you would agree with with reviewers in the sense of and you would also recommend that to me to kind of stick on the path of the main story more so than anything else i would say there is a bit more emphasis on that no maybe i wouldn't i I would say the second you feel like you're lost or overwhelmed or you're not sure what to do just do the main story don't force yourself to go and do side content you really don't need to there's going to be so much time for that but the second you feel that just bounce back to the main story because from what i've seen the main story is going to take you on a pit stop tour to a lot of places the, where you can get yeah, side quests. a lot of places yeah exactly um and this has been something which has been i think i think the main story helps you learn that that you don't play this like a traditional not even just like a traditional bethesda game you don't play this like a traditional open world game because it's kind of not um mm. it's kind of all stitched together you know um like in Skyrim or maybe other traditional open world games, you know, if it's a good one, it will try and catch your eye, you know, rather than flooding your map with icons. You know, you'll say, mm. oh, look, there's there's a big mountain over there. There's a ruins there. There's things there. And you just follow your eye and then you pick up stuff. But because Starfield is a thousand planets, it doesn't quite work like that. You kind of need to be guided a little bit yeah. and then things start opening up and unfolding and unraveling. To um, the planet. Yeah, a reason to visit the solar system yeah because otherwise yeah otherwise what you're doing you're just picking a planet at random and going there and and you're you know that there, there will always be something to do because a lot of it's procedural um but a lot of it really isn't a lot of it is very handcrafted um and all of the side quests i've done so far have been great some of the procedural stuff i've done so far has been a bit mixed um generally it's always there's always some environmental storytelling which is great um sometimes like one time i ran for like a thousand meters to go to an empty bunker i think it might have even been on the moon and i was like oh cool let's go and have a look what's in here and it was like um someone had made a bunker in like this crater in the moon i was like oh this is kind of cool went in there uh it was just kind of empty there were some credits uh you know some stuff to pick up but that was it oh i was like okay a bit of environment storytelling someone lived here they don't anymore don't know where they are um got a couple of things out of it but it was just like there are some things like that where the game just kind of leans into telling a little story um with a little bit of a reward and that's kind of it whereas other things are a lot more grand the most recent thing i did was fucking bonkers tim Mm. i came across a space station like i don't know what it was it was like a space structure i was like okay i'm gonna go and have i tried to hail it you know static no one's replying it was like a really it was like in the shape of a kind of a star and i was like i've never seen anything like this docked it went in and it's like a 50s interior. I was like, okay. Alright. And the zero G, I'm like floating through there. And there's like pirate there's like raiders in there. So as I'm fighting them, I realize this is a casino. This is a fucking casino. And these That's guys cool. have been trying to rob it. <laughs> so they're like fighting me. I'm fighting them. I wipe them all out and my companion goes, There's a vault there. I bet we can get the um the pin to that. I'm like, you're fucking right, yeah. So I'm looking around, go to the, I find um, a computer, 
read two of the entries and one of the entries is like a review from someone who's been to this casino and it's like the universe's first zero g casino what a load of shit you know it's, it's meant to be a zero g yeah. casino um and yeah and then i get the code sure enough f- go around find it and i get like loads of really good loot while i'm in there and i was like that was awesome there wasn't That's any cool. dialogue no quest popped up on my map it was just i p- put the pieces together that this what it was um that's super cool uh, yeah so you know that's one of the things i presume is kind of handcrafted um so i think it's very exciting and that's generally the feeling i've been having as i've the more and more i play this game the more and more excited i am by it because there's just you figure kind of figure out what you want to do when you want to do it um and so many stuff just kind of unravels in a really good way a lot of the world is very reactive to you in a way that a lot of games just aren't like you know how typically with games that are that have choices you get to a point there's a big decision you make the big decision and then the world reacts to that and that's great i'm finding that there's a lot of like minute stuff that happens in this game like with my companion there are things there are like dialogue options i've made like 10 hours ago that they bring up that they bring up this dialogue and i'm like oh yeah i did say that didn't i oh shit <laughs> yeah wow thank you for correcting me <laughs> yeah yeah no you know they'd be like you once said and then we'll repeat back that you know the dialogue thing i made and, and that feels very and that's happened multiple times and i'm only you know 25 hours in you know it just feels but there's a lot of that and it's very impressive mm. wow that is cool so my overall feeling is absolutely Todd said before launch, Starfield is a sort of game where the more you put into it, the more you the more it gives back to you. Yeah. And that's absolutely the way I'm feeling. And it's it's absolutely why I can empathize with maybe some reviewers or people who are gonna play the game for the first ten hours and feel I'm very overwhelmed and I don't really know what to do. Just hit the main story. Cause you will get to a point where you feel, okay, I'm ready to start doing a bit having a look out a bit more now. Um mm okay so those no, are just some off the cuff thoughts no, it's, it's, it's useful to know especially where i haven't dipped my toes that far into it you know it's useful knowledge for me to know that if that ever happens to me or i feel fatigued in any way or lost that i can just you know my best bet is to just go back on the main story path which i would have done anyway i played bgs games i played rpgs in the past i know that if i'm getting bored with side quests or i'm running around and haven't found anything for a while i will just go back to the main story i do feel like that's kind of common knowledge when you're playing an rpg a little bit but um yeah it's it's, it's definitely good to know yeah for sure hmm. um so yeah those are just kind of off the cuff thoughts about kind of the world but like you know i have a lot more to say as well um like gunplay gunplay feels great it's the best bgs the best um, it's felt it's, it's ever been to, to me, it feels like Wolfenstein. Um, I liked Wolfenstein. I thought it was really good. I didn't love Wolfenstein. Um, it kind of had this PC feel to it. Um, and I think it's good here. Like, it, it's, it's enjoyable. It's actively enjoyable, which is great. It's not perfect, um, but it feels good. Um, I don't know. Did, did, did you feel the same? Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I, I kind of said the same thing at the beginning of the um, this this episode as well, where I was like, yeah, the, the combat is the best a BGS has ever felt, but it still is that BGS combat. You know, it's still not perfect. It still is a bit clunky in its own ways and has that charm to it. Let's uh, put it that way. Um, but it definitely is the best iteration of it so far, I would say. Yeah, yeah, yeah definitely. 
one other thing, you know, if we're talking about gunplay and like how it feels on the sticks, it's one thing, but the overall combat feels very good for a number of reasons. Like the enemy reactivity is really good. I don't know if you've noticed, like they really respond to where you're hitting them on the body. Sometimes if you shoot people in the face, they'll be like, I can't see. And they just won't respond to that. You know, sometimes you shoot them in the arm and they'll be like, I can't shoot, uh, you know. Yeah. Um, there's lots of reactivity with that and that's great. Um, and I've, I've had a number of different combat encounters where it's like very intentionally leverage the gravity of a planet. Like okay. if you do a couple of things on a low grav planet, you get really used to being able to just jump around, get height, um, you know, jump over people while you're shooting them. And then all of a sudden you're on a low grav planet and it doesn't really kick in until you start fighting. And you're like, you go to like a, you know, like a, a building to jump on it. And you're like, oh shit, I can't get up there. I'm going to have to go through the building and up the stairs. And yeah. it like, it, it mixes the the loop up. Um, yeah. And I think they've been quite clever with how they've made use of that. Um, nice. Other, other things like dynamic weather events once gave me a really bad cough once i jumped from really high because i forgot it was high grab and i sprained my ankle oh and i couldn't sneak without consuming o2 for a while okay is that something you can heal with like a med pack or is that something that is just like a timed heal on the game like there's no way to or you need like a because i think obviously fallout had the same thing where you could damage your limbs but you could just stim pack them to get them back up but is it a similar mm-hmm. Yeah, some sort of. It will always eventually expire. Um, it will give you an indication of how long it's going to take. It will say what the prognosis is. But there are different um, med equipment for each type of injury. Oh, okay. I would just say when if you see them, buy them, scoop them up, make sure you have plenty of them, and they'll just get rid of whatever the ailment is. Um, yeah. Yeah, so lots of dynamic stuff there i mean ultimately it feels i think it feels like the most sandboxy bgs game i've played and again more of that reveals itself the more you play the game the more you expand your arsenal the more you go into the main story um the more you engage with these different overlapping elements the gravity the weather systems the enemies the companions mm. um the wildlife you know I haven't even started speaking about any of that um it, it just starts to reveal itself more and more and more the, you know the ship combat um yeah um i've been really impressed with a lot of that to be honest it's been so fun and again like the more i'm playing the more i'm like i'm very excited by this and that's and again i'll come back to that word that is the word i keep feeling more and more the more i'm playing the game it's like i'm, mm-hmm. I'm just finding this exciting i don't know where the story's going to take me next it's got it's hooks in me like some really interesting things have happened um i like you know when we play monster hunter and there's that kind of um, excitement when you fight a monster for the first time. Yeah. You don't really know what it looks like. You don't know how it's going to behave. Mm-hmm. That's kind of how I feel every time I land on a new planet. What's okay. going to be here? What's it going to look like? What's the weather going to be like? What am I going to find? What's the wildlife going to be like? What's the gravity? And yeah, I think that's really compelling. Mm. Not in the sense that I want to land on every single planet. But every mission I do, every side quest I do, every companion quest I get lost in comes with that additional excitement. It's like another layer to go on top of the side quest story that you're experiencing. Yeah. Absolutely. So I think 
I guess just like while we're on the topic, like what are we thinking about the visuals? Because we're like, um, what like we we thought it looked quite good before, but I'm curious now now that we've booted up and we've both played it, like like how do you think the game looks? Oh, uh, good. Yeah, yeah, really good. I actually thought it looked better than um than sort of the everything we looked at in like the uh, what do they call it again? The showcase. Yeah, that that showcase. I actually think it kind of looks better. Um. It, like in in motion and actually playing it um yeah i think the animations are actually really good um like you said like enemy reactivity and uh even like the audio for just like guns and weapons and stuff like that and um enemies like voice direction and stuff like that you can actually like pinpoint like where enemies are based on like what they're yeah. saying and stuff like that um all that sort of to me adds to the immersion of graphics as well um yeah, no, yeah, lighting is fantastic, like indoors and outdoors as well. Like there's always windows and like so light streaming inside the like little space hut you're in or something. And then yeah, outside looks great. Um, yeah, no, it's it looks it looks really really good. A, a lot better than I was expecting it to look. Um, I still yeah. think, um, yeah, facial animation stuff like that, they're great and a huge improvement um the mm -hmm. best it's ever been um you still get the occasional glazy eyed person but generally very good um yeah i'm i'm pretty pretty impressed with with the visuals of this game yeah so far mm -hmm. yeah i'm with you um the, the only thing that i'm a bit annoyed about is that the game doesn't appear to have hdr and there's no lighting slider either. Like I can't change. I'm sorry. I mean brightness slider. Mm -hmm. So there are times where like these planets will look gorgeous and the lighting looks so good, but it looks a bit washed out. Like the blacks and whites aren't quite right. Mm -hmm. um, okay. I don't know if that will get added eventually. Um, I think it was particularly bad to be honest on the first planet, um, the mining planet. Um, it, it like it looked visually nice, but it just looked a bit washed out. The lights and the blacks weren't quite um, the right. The contrast didn't feel right. So you know we'll see. But um, I'm sure I'll get added. Um, uh, animations. Yep, I'm with you there. I'm just trying to think if there's anything else. There's so much I want to say, uh, I, but I'm, I'm aware we're a bit over time. Tim, how are you doing for time? Are you wanting to wrap up sort of in the next few minutes? Um, I, I could probably go for another like 10, 15 minutes. That's fine. Yeah. So if, if you okay. want to talk about some extra points, you can go go for it. Okay, great. Um, I think the animations, like the face animations when you're talking to people, uh, it's actually a lot better than I expected. I don't know. I think it looks worse when you're watching it out of game. Do you mm -hmm. know what I mean? But when you're actually in it and you're flicking between the subtitles, you're looking at the person in front of you um, and the animations and all of that, I, I think it kind of works. Like, don't get me wrong. I understand it's not mocap or... Um, really impressive stuff like maybe horizon but i think it's quite good generally um mm -hmm. to be honest uh and the texture work is so good half the time i'm just admiring the <laughs> like the spacesuits or the clothing they're wearing yeah. the textures look so good they do look really good yeah that's the two areas that like this game has like jumped light years ahead from the previous bethesda games lighting and texture work is like phenomenal mm. um some of the other stuff can feel dated at times but generally good um so yeah the, the other the other thing i wanted to talk about tim is um 
there's a lot of one of the big like controversies floating around at the moment is that the game has too many loading screens and has too much fast travel. You probably haven't had too much experience with that. No, but I just wanted to ask. No, I haven't really at all. Like I've only done like a couple travels, so no, I don't really have too much to say on that. So the the my sense is that at any time the game is very liberal with allowing you to fast travel whenever you want. So you're if you're on a planet, you finish a mission, you can just boot up your map, go to your missions, hit take me to the right place in the star system, hold down X, and it will jump you straight to where you need to be. You don't even need to get any ship. You can just yeah. do that if you want to do that. Mm-hmm. And that's just the point. You can do that if you want to do that. If you would rather go to your ship, take off into orbit, have a look what's in orbit, and then jump there, you can do that. Um, yeah. Also, the... Uh, zones like these cities for example there are a lot it's not it's very much like old bethesda games like a lot of buildings you load into yeah you know you click x screen goes you get loading screen for four or five seconds and then you're in i mean what what's kind of your feelings about that because you know a lot of people have had mixed thoughts it's like oh well it should just be all seamless and you know open world and i i don't know i like i, I you know what's your thoughts on it still being like that you know um yeah, I don't really know to be honest. Um I mean considering if you're going into like a city and a planet and everything like that, you'd think like loading into that planet should load everything going on in that section and that area. So yeah, maybe you would expect all the doors to just open and no loading screens and everything just being quite seamless. Um but I mean I don't I don't see it as a negative point. Like, uh, like, sure, it does feel a bit old school, and maybe it shouldn't be like that. But uh, a four-second loading screen or something like that is not the end of the world. Although, if you're sinking a lot of time into the game, I could see going in and out of buildings, and especially if it's a building that didn't really contain anything, and you're already in there for a short period of time, and then going back out. That's eight seconds of loading for like nothing. Like that sort of stuff does mount up and might actually start to irritate you after a while but um i don't inherently see it as a massive negative no like not really at all Mm. yeah i'm the same the only thing i will say is that um at times there are a lot of them not that often but sometimes you're wanting to go from place to place to place um and it does feel like there are a lot of them they're never long Uh, well they're very rarely long um it's not enough for you to put your controller down do you know what i mean um but i i can understand some people feeling like well you know in the last sort of five years all games have had these seamless open world things yeah it's all seamless and um Mm -hmm. but this one doesn't so yeah it might be a bit of an expectation thing i I was a bit surprised to be honest when when i uh I learned that that was the case, but it's not really mm-hmm. affecting my enjoyment of the game. You know, if that's what we need to make the game look good and to be generally this stable, so be it. Yeah, you know. exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Very occasionally, you do get a long loading screen. Like if you're loading into a busy planet, like one of the main planets, you will get a longer one that's maybe sort of 20 seconds. But then generally, after coming back to it, it's not that long. Um, 
So, yeah, I just wanted to touch on that because that's been a big talking point. And I suppose along the same lines, Tim, is kind of how uh, space works. I mean, have you got a sense of how space works? Like, do we... Because I, I thought... I thought what they showed us at the direct gave us enough to understand. Um, but... I mean, I know how space it works. isn't like... Yeah, it's not like open world space and you just fly forever until you reach the next planet or whatever like that. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I'm aware of that based on what other people have said about it. Yeah, it's kind of like it's like its own small loaded area, like in orbit, and there's only so far you can go in that in that sort of area before you have to move to like a different planet that has its own orbit and its own space area that's been loaded and stuff like that. Yeah, I understand that's how it works. Um. I don't have a problem with that as long as as and when you're bouncing between planets everything you know you come across new stuff and procedurally generated stuff and events happen and stuff like that I don't think it needs to be just some some big you know I, I think I feel like it helps just condense it a little bit otherwise the vastness of space and if it, if it was going for realism I mean Jesus you could just be flying through space and rocks for like five ten minutes before you reach your next planet or something like that and i feel like this is a good way to just condense it into things happening or quickly understanding oh there's not really much going on here i'm just going to move to the next one and see if you know something like that you know i feel like that's it's it's a decent way of doing it from what i understand but i haven't experienced it so no no you are right you are right yeah and like you know the best way i think to describe it is that essentially space is like each planet has its own staging area yeah it's like you especially if you're going to a new planet for the first time you always have to go to space first so you know there's always going to be times when you're when you're in space um, and that's ignoring any of the exploration you want to do apart from that there are structures in space like near planets that you can just fly to where so it's not necessarily connected to a planet it's just a space structure that you can you can fly to um i think really the problem here again is it feels like a bit more of an expectations problem and i think that expectations problem came from all of these stupid fucking outlets calling the game no man's sky and making comparisons to no man's sky yeah yes there's a lot more in this game than no man's sky Right, it's, it's just it's just irritating because it, it set a lot of people up for the wrong impression of of, of how it works. Because really, it's not anything like No Man's Sky. It's more like a Bethesda take on Mass Effect. Yeah, do you know what? You, like mm-hmm. you you go to these different areas and you load into these different areas. It's not, and, and like I think it's perfectly fair to say that that can take away from the feeling of seamlessness of a, of a space epic. That's perfectly fair. I, I think the more you play, the more that fades and the illusion builds up. Um, but I think it, it is a bit of an expectation problem. Um, and the vistas from space are so pretty. I will say, actually, just in case the listeners don't know, you can, I tweeted about this, you can, um, if you take a, a screenshot or a photo from the in-game photo mode, um, it will get added to the slideshow of um, loading screens that you get. So like your photos will come up uh, um, and cool. I have some, <laughs> I could win some awards for some of the photos I've taken. Wow check you out yeah i'm i'm big yeah it is I'm cool though this. it's a nice little touch mm. it's a nice little touch okay then well as we round down the conversation and um, the last thing then i was sort of was burning to touch on was bugs um you have any bugs in your two hours 
Nope. No bugs. I'm all good. Clean so, sailing for now. That's good. You got you got the you got the insecticide out. No worms in your ears. Nope. I've had a few bugs. I will oh. agree with everyone that it's it's the least Bethesda game, the least buggy Bethesda game ever. Quite easily, um, but it's not bug free. It does still have some Bethesda-y jank where like the AI path thing is a bit weird. They'll walk into walls every now and again and walk into someone and zip up on top of them and then come back down. Mm-hmm. There is some of that immersion breaking stuff every now and again. Generally, it's pretty good. I have had two bad bugs in my 25 hours. One was when I got arrested and I was unable to move. Uh, Like I was in the cell and I just couldn't move in the game. I just had to watch people living their stupid little fucking lives, like walking about (laughs) and doing their thing. Um, So I had to load for that. That wasn't a problem. Um, And another one was I came out of a building on one of the other cities and the lighting had just died. Like everything was black. It was really weird. And then it kind of popped back in and then the game hung for a few seconds. Um, and I was like, okay, this isn't right. So again, I loaded it and it was not a problem. Um, okay. So I, it's not bug free. Um, hmm. But they are quite far and few between. Again, 25 hours and two, two, two bigger bugs. Some minor ones I've had, like minor, just like aesthetic things. Um, generally sounds okay. But overall, yeah, overall generally very good. Uh, but yeah, I just wanted to um, touch on that because I think some of the excitement from the leakers was that there was kind of a bug-free experience. I don't think it's bug-free. I think there are some, but mm-hmm. generally very good. Yeah, no, I have I have seen meme videos of people playing stupid music over like an npc like you said walking into someone and shooting up and and they're like this is starfield this is xbox's next game and it's just like what okay you took like a two second slice from something that happened but um yeah no i mean you not that you come to expect that sort of thing but you know in 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 a game you know this big this vast uh so many things going on it's it's not you're gonna see some visual stuff like no no game is clean and bug free um it's just it's just fact yeah yeah no doubt and it's like i don't think we should give bethesda that leniency like to be fair i don't think we should be like yeah okay you're just allowed to have loads of bugs and no, there isn't loads no. of bugs here, so i think that's great i'm glad that they took the extra time that they needed to really get this polished um for the most part so that's great yeah i just there were just a, a what was it there were just two things i wanted to highlight that are things that have been bothering me okay the navigation in this game is kind of ass sometimes um it just really struggles to point you in the right direction. If you want to find something, it's quite hard. A lot of people have criticized the UI. I don't think the UI is actually a problem. I haven't had a problem with UI. But you want to get to a vendor? Good luck. There's no map showing you how to get to one. Uh, you want to, I hate that. You want to go to a shop so you can sell your stuff? Good luck trying to find one. You just have to use your eyes. You just have to go to a city and use your eyes. Like there's no map. You can't open a map and have a look and see waypoints of where they are um yeah that, that is a bit annoying you get used to yeah. it you get used to it and once you figure out where they are on the main cities it's not that hard they try and make it obvious for you um it is no longer an issue but that has been 
a problem. Um, so there is that. Um, and the other thing I want to say, it's just a huge uh, pest for me, is dialogue overlap. Dialogue keeps overlapping. And it's obviously because the game's dynamic and it has loads of things going on at once. And that's not to say I don't think dialogue shouldn't overlap at times because that's like kind of immersive. You know, if someone's having a conversation over there and I'm having a conversation here and I can hear that in earshot and that flags up a quest, like that's kind of fine. But there are times where it's like, there's critical dialogue I'm trying to listen to. And then there's six other people having important conversations at the same time. Yeah. Um, hasn't happened loads. It's just happened. It's just particularly an inf- like a thing that really winds me up. Um, so it's happened a few times. Um, so, so those are just two things I wanted to highlight at this stage that are like have bothered me. Um, but you know, my overall, if you couldn't tell my overall vibe is like really good. Um, yes. If I'm supposed to believe the game just gets better and better and better the more that you play it. And as well, like just to reiterate, everyone keeps raving about this new game plus everyone yeah. keeps raving about it. It's exciting. I don't know what it is. I'm not going to look into it. Um, but some people have said, just beeline the main story and then start like for your first playthrough. And then afterwards, then start worrying about factoring side stuff because it's, it's that good. And it's like, wow i i have no idea but that's yeah it's it's really exciting um mm. and, and i think some people have said that they haven't seen a game do what starfield's done with new game plus before you know like gene park in particular said that his washington post like he made the comparison to near automata um which i don't know if you've played but that has a again i've never seen a game have a an approach to new game plus that that game does like it's part of the story mm. basically you, um i suspect something similar is going on here but i, I don't know um that's interesting yeah it is interesting um which i think is is somewhat kind of poetic right that there's kind of this community mystery obviously a lot of people know what it is but there's kind of this mystery this allure at the end of it all of like what what is it yeah what's out there what's <laughs> out there <laughs> what waits for me at the end of it all you know yeah um, no that is quite cool and it's just yeah it's just something to look forward to and know that there's like a good longevity to this game i mean there's always longevity to bgs games but like like to that extent you know it's quite exciting um and it also kind of takes the pressure off of like the fomo right like when you play a game like this you know you, you always get a bit of fomo of like oh should i be doing side quests i feel bad just main just beeline in the story you know that sort of thing but then you know when things like this come out and they're like no beeline the story you know then do everything else in your game plus it's a better experience stuff like that and you know, you can, yeah, you, you feel a bit better about how you're approaching the game or just doing main story in the first first playthrough, yeah. Definitely, definitely. And like I will say, you can tell a lot more effort has gone into the main story this time around. Like the, the quest, like actually just across the board, the quest um, variety is so much better. Like it's just they really leverage all the systems all the time to make the quest feel feel different and again that that leverages your role playing you know that leverages your skills and your traits at the same time so i think all of that works together the quest design of this game is pretty pretty excellent um, yeah so if, the, if, if i'm still in the slow part of the game you know quote unquote i'm very excited for what is to come in the next 20 40 60 hours you know and that's not we haven't spoke about mods today um but i'm sure but oh, we'll yeah. talk about that in due course yeah that's a good point yeah yeah, no, it's very exciting. Yeah, the future is bright. Starfield, where are my sunglasses? Hell yeah. I mean, that was it, wasn't it? That was, that was the whole gag. Yeah. Um, so feeling really good about it. 
Um, I, I'm probably sitting at like a nine at the moment. Nice. There are times where this game feels like an eight point five, and there are times where this game feels like a ten. So probably saying about nine. Spit down again. the middle. Yeah, nine. If I'm still in the slower bit and I've got all this exciting stuff to look forward to and like I'm still flushing out my character and like all of the the world is continuing to to, to react to my decisions and stuff, um, I think I think we're in for a good time, buddy. Yeah, we did it. We did it. Xbox did it. All it took Bethesda was a seven billion it. acquisition. Yeah, finally did it. Buy our way to the top. Hell yeah! <laughs> That's how we do it. Yeah. Did you um, know Xbox has two? Two games in the Open Critic 2023 Hall of Fame. Hmm? Wow. No, no other publisher has that. Hi-Fi Rush and Starfield. That's it's no pretty other. exciting. It's pretty good. No Let's go. Let's go. All right. Guys. Um, Starfield's out. What the fuck are you doing? Listen to the shitty podcast. Go yeah. explore the galaxy. Or listen or, or to at it. Least, at the very least, play it. Yeah. Yeah. Like we're a radio, like we're the radio in the ship. You know, it's good yeah. stuff. Uh, oh, let me just. This has been. Oh, okay. I was re- okay. Yeah. This has been Deck and Tim, Galactic Emperors, Emperors. signing <laughs> colonizers. Damn, maybe I shouldn't say that. Just signing out of today's podcast. We'll catch yeah. you on the flippity flippity when Tim's played some more hours. Tonight. And hopefully. Tonight, yeah. And hopefully. Momentum just keeps going, baby. Oh, and fucking the Steam sales were like, the concurrent players was like 250k for early access. That shit's nuts. We'll see what that is. That is pretty crazy, actually. Yeah. Quarter, quarter yeah. mil for early access. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. It, it was near what Halo had for, for its actual free to play launch. Um, <laughs> Jesus, that's big. That's big. It's big. Exciting times, fellas. Yeah, go we'll enjoy it next week. Go enjoy make it. sure go you eat. Make sure you drink. Yeah. Enjoy Starfield. Pizza. Enjoy space pizza. <laughs> enjoy it responsibly. <laughs> Have a good one, everyone. Bye, guys. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.